All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, December 14th of 2023 here. Uh, looking ahead, we have our Thursday night football game today between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. We also have a, uh, what do we have today? Sorry, sorry. We have a seven game NBA main slate. And then we also have NHL and we got a good eight game slate over in the NHL street. So for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the office hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description of this video here. You also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and the rest of the SaberSim team here. So appreciate you guys joining the Discord and uh, trying to, you know, participate and help everybody in the community get better. But uh, with that said, you know, uh, one thing here, I am wearing earphones today. Uh, I something's going wrong with my microphone and this seems to be the only way that my my uh mic will work so if you guys can't hear me for any reason please let me know because i think i'm having some technical difficulties but uh either way we'll keep the show rolling uh before we get into it just want to remind you guys about our weekly max challenge our you know promotion slash giveaway we do during the nfl season here get access to weekly rewards season-long rewards if you've been playing a while all you got to do, follow these requirements down here on the bottom. It is completely free to play here. Use the green enter the challenge button. The link to this page is in the description of this video. And then we also have a version for owner's box as well as our main DraftKings version. So check those out. But with that said, we're going to jump right in here. Uh, let's see. So looks like we have a couple questions here to get us started in the Discord. So we will jump over to SaberSim here. Uh, this one... I did answer yesterday, but I think this is a good clarification question for everybody here. Uh, so question from Teddy said, if someone else doesn't mind answering, if I'm running a flagship single entry, medium stake single entry, low stake single entry, do I need to change the ownership column to match each one before running a contest sim? This is a very good question. So the answer is it depends if you're using contest sims or not. And the reason for that is because when you're using contest sims, you are using, you're typically using the contest sim metrics as your sorting method. Okay. So ownership gets taken into account after the lineups are created. So the lineups get built. And then what Saber Sim does is, depending on your sorting method, well, one, it'll go and it'll give it a Saber score, right? So Saber score is our in house lineup grading metric. And it's comprised of some ownership, lineup upside, and then and then an ownership component, a negatively weighted ownership component to take into account, you know, that we don't want to play the highest owned lineups. So that's what happens in the Saber score formula. In contest sims, what contest sims do is they use the, the ownership builds, right? So if you go to the my own column, you go to this gear icon. You're going to open it up. You can see all of our different ownership buckets. So remember that these are all sets of 10,000 field lineups. And then the exposures get used in uh, as the ownership projection. So the exposures from the ownership builds become the ownership projections. So if I'm looking at this flagship MME 
and Taylor Horton Tucker is 49% owned. That means that he was in 49% of the lineups in that bucket. Now, changing the ownership doesn't have an effect on the contest sim, but what it does have an effect on is the Sabre score formula that is created after the lineups are built. So Sabre sim builds the lineups. It looks at the ownership. It uses those numbers as part of its Sabre score calculation and then returns you a value. And then it also the only other time ownership gets used is in the sum ownership value here, right? It's just adding up all of the ownership for the players. Now, if you have a contest sim set up and you go and look in the field lineups are flagship MME, okay? Now, when I come back to the home screen and I change my ownership from flagship MME to flagship 20 max, let's say, the values in the home screen are going to get updated, but my field lineup source does not change. So even though you are adjusting the my ownership column here, you're not changing the set of field lineups that you are using. So even then, when you run the contest sim, you're still going to be using the same set of field lineups. So the only things that get affected are one, the Sabre score, and then two, the sum ownership. Other than that, if you want to have an effect on it, you got to change the field lineup source. So that is what is happening with the relationship between the gear icon in the my own column and the ownership projections and the field lineups and how all those things work. So I thought it was a good question. Definitely worth clarifying. All right. Next question here from Timmy. Question says, I'm trying to figure out how to do my normal process. I want to fill my entries from a pool of lineups I like. I was using favorites incorrectly to do this. Say I have 150 entries for NBA. I would do my normal build, filter by a couple players that I like, then favorite them. I would do this a bunch of times until I got to the number of lineups I needed. I didn't realize that each time I added to favorites, it was adding more than just my filtered lineups. It has been suggested that I use the lock option for the lineups I like. Locking 150 different lineups is time-consuming. Is there a better way? Okay, so there's not really a better way. So what we're talking about here is say I have 20 lineups, right? And I want to go through here and I want, I basically, I want to pick 20 lineups out of my 500 to play. So maybe I know that I want, you know, so many lineups. Maybe I know I only want five lineups that have Sabonis, right? So what he's talking about is, Hey, you know, I, I filter for Sabonis and then I go through here and then I'm, I'm looking at these lineups and, you know, Maybe I like, um, you know, let's use like a lower number person. Uh, maybe, maybe we're going to use Luca. Like, hey, you know, I'm looking at Luca lineups. I have four, but I actually want more. So then I'm, I'm going to go through here and then I'm going to like pick some Luca lineups. So then now I have five Luca lineups. Maybe I want to get to like eight, right? So seven, six. Uh, why do we only have six? Okay, well, let's just say six. So then now I know I have six Luca lineups here. What he's saying is that I'm sending it to the favorites. But what's actually happening, if you unfilter for Luca, it's actually sending 20 lineups. So it's it's using the original number here and then sending those to the favorites tab. So if I come in here and I look, I have 20 lineups, right? That's that's not what, what, what you're saying you wanted. So what you have to do 
is you have to lock those six lineups and then you come in here, change the number in my lineups to the filter number. And then now you're going to have six lineups if we, if we did this right. And then now you would have the six lineups that you locked and then we would, we should be able to see those. So that's, that's what you want to do. So you want to, you want to lock the lineups in and then you want to unfilter by the player. And then you want to change the number to the number that you had and then send those to the favorites. And then when you do that, then it will work the way you want. So that is like the correct sequence. So filter for the player, lock the lineups you want, unfilter for the player, set the number of my lineups to match, and then send those lineups to the favorites. So we understand it's like a little confusing and we're talking about ways to make that easier here, but that is the way that I would suggest doing it, especially at the moment. So just to do it again. So filter for the player. Lock the lineups in that you want. So, you know, lock, you know, lock, lock them all. Unfilter for the player. Change the number of my lineups to however many lineups you want. However many lineups you locked. So if it was like two, I'll just set it to two. And then send to favorites. And then when I do that, then I will get the number of lineups that I originally wanted, which is two. So that's correct sequence here at the moment. Uh, we are going to probably be making that a little clearer going forward. All right. Question from Hammer. Said, hey, why do you think SaberSim is favoring so much of Sam Howe? What is SaberSim factoring in? Um, I don't know. You know, let's go look. So let's just say we're playing Thursday to Monday here. And let's just do a default build. Let's see what we get. So we'll build 5,000 lineups here. Let's go and look at our quarterback projections. Sam Howell, not the best value on the slate. Decent value, like Matt Stafford comes in a little bit better. Jordan Love comes in a little bit better. Brock Purdy is higher value as well. So interesting, you know, not the highest value quarterback. He is not the lowest on either. So not really sure. Let's see what these exposures look like on the backside. Um, you know, projections do change. I mean, this game doesn't play until Sunday, so it'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening here. You know, the total sky kind of high and it sounds like, you know, a game script where they might be behind and might have to pass. So decent total here. Um, I know the Rams were in like that shootout last week, but let's just see what Saberson does here. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if if you want to fade him, like, that's okay. You know, come in here, you know, drop his projection, maybe set, like, a max exposure. Uh, you know, there are ways to do that, right? You don't have to do what exactly what SaberSim wants you to do. Um, interesting that I'm not getting any of him here, and you're getting a lot. I mean, do remember that, you know, when we build the lineups, we are randomly sampling from the, build, from the pool of Sims, right? So you might've just got a batch of Sims where Sam Howell did really good. And then, you know, somebody else might run it and like, it looks like I got something where like Matt Stafford was really good. So maybe SaberSim just likes that game environment overall, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you might end up getting like one side or the other, but there are a lot of opportunities to, you know, uh, tame your exposure 
to a certain game or team or quarterback. So really just depends. In my opinion, it seems like Saberson likes that game for whatever reason at the moment. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Michael said, if manually editing, editing a lineup, is there a way to run it through the contest sim? Even rerunning the contest sim looks to produce results based on the lineup that was originally built, not the edited one. Ooh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, so what we're talking about here is editing a lineup. So say, you know, I have this number one lineup. Maybe I like everybody in this lineup, but you know what? I don't really like, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I'd rather go play somebody else. So I'm going to take Zeke out of the lineup and maybe I'd rather play Javante Williams, right? So I put Javante in the lineup. I save the lineup. And then now the question is, Hey, if I rerun the contest sim, you know, is it running with these new players? And my understanding is that it should be. Um, however, it, it sounds like you're saying it's not. I would be curious as to how you figured that out, uh, first of all. But second here, uh, if you think it's a problem, please send us a report. So go to the top right, go to report a problem. Tell us why you think it's the way that you think it is. And then that'll help us to troubleshoot what actually might be going on here. But my understanding is that it should contest sim it with the players in the lineup, not the original lineup, uh, but your edited one. Uh, Racing Recap said, what were some of the biases you had in the NBA model that you fixed? Ooh, that's a good question. So if you guys missed it here, uh, Matt posted an update that we made to the NBA model. So he said... Yesterday, we released a big update to the NBA model. This change has two primary goals. Address system systemic biases that our model has had for certain players slash teams slash stats. Implement better guide rails to reduce the chance of projection outliers, particularly in unusual team situations. So those are like the big changes that went into it. Uh, I would be the wrong person to ask, you know, like Matt, Eric, or, or Will could probably ask that. Um, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a good question, but I think, you know, the overarching point here is that, you know, the team is like never satisfied and we're always doing back testing. We're always analyzing how our projections are doing over time. We're always trying to understand where we can improve and, and we're taking those steps, right? We're not going to get complacent. We're not going to stop innovating. We're always going to continue to try to better our models. And, you know, each and every year uh, we get smarter and we learn new things and we try and implement those into the models the best we can. So I think that, you know, there are like, I, I've heard this talked about in the discord, like in like past years, like, Hey, you know, we're kind of always low on like some players. And it was like a conversation last year and it's like, okay, you know, that feedback's great. We really appreciate it. because that gives us, you know, kind of an idea of like, Hey, you know, maybe we should spend our time here and then kind of figure it out. And then, you know, when we, when we see that we can kind of work backwards and then figure out, you know, where is that bias coming from? And then we can solve that. So I don't know all the ins and outs here, but I do know that the team is always hard at work trying to make our models better. Samuel said when pool exposure is drastically different than lineup exposure, what is the right way to handle this example player pool player lineup exposure is 70% uh, 10% pool. Yeah. So this is a great question. I was actually looking at this. This caught my eye here. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I just ran this build where I had Matt Stafford in 70% of my lineups. 
And in my pool, he's only in about 13 to 14% here. So like kind of what do I do in that situation, right? The answer is it's a user by user kind of decision. I'll tell you guys how I like to handle it. Um, I like to be closer to like two to three X either ownership or pool percent. I will flex between the two here. So like both of them are like kind of the same, like 15%. So what I would do instead of just setting a max exposure, I would probably just start by increasing my mini uniques and see if that can naturally bring that number down here. And then when I go up to four mini uniques here, uh, Matt Stafford comes down to like 40% and I'm still only at lineup 35. I would be much more comfortable with this number being like two to three X exposure to ownership or exposure to pool percent. Um, but, but some people, you know, don't, don't mind as much, right. They're okay. Taking big stands. They're okay. Kind of going all in on a certain player or like a core group of players. So if you look at the number and it makes you nervous, I would do something to lower it and I would start with mini nakes. And then if it's still too high, then I would set a max exposure. Uh, but if the number doesn't bother you, then, you know, I think it's okay to, to leave it if you agree with the stand that Sabersim is taking in that regard. But just remember that Sabersim does not understand risk management and that, you know, it is one of the best value ads you can do to come into the builder and do some risk management and help it to make those decisions that it cannot make on its own here. So, so that's my advice. All right. Uh, let me get back to the office hours channel in discord in case any more questions roll in there and looks like a question from rich i'm having an issue on late swap that i need assistance late swap nba after first two games lock number of lineups shows up as 57 or 83 instead of 150 when i know there isn't eight locked on any lineup my concern is it editing all 150 lineups two are the exposures now taken from the 57 and not the 150 when I am viewing under players. And then a couple other comments. Let's just start. Let's just start here, uh, kind of one thing at a time. So the first question, you know, like, hey, I have 150 lineups. It's only swapping, you know, 57 or 83 here. Um, this sounds like something. So so we're working on an update to late swap here. Um which let me see if Scott's talked about it. Okay. So, so Scott did talk about it a little bit in the release notes. So he said like, we just pushed out a pretty significant change to late swap that we're excited about. Um, he said the way late swap has worked since the beginning is that we send every parent lineup to the back end, and then we generate what is essentially a new pool of swaps. Uh, I don't know if this is the same. This is, possibly a little different um well let me just say this i think that you know what you're experiencing is is atypical not not a typical response here so the best thing that you can do is reach out to our support team and then we could talk it over internally and then see what's going on so just use the report a problem tell me like hey uh number of lineups being generated is different from the number of lineups i swapped and then that'll help us out but you know, this isn't like my best opportunity to like do troubleshooting here on stream. Uh, so sending us a report, letting us review it and see what's going on. We will definitely be able to help you out that way. And our team is really responsive. Okay. Next question here from Tim. 
Regarding the locking of lineups, is there a way to lock all the lineups or do you need to do them individually? Uh, good question. You would have to do them individually. There's no way to like mass lock lineups. Uh, Rich said, still hoping for the green red box on late swaps to show when late swap lowers or hires exposures of players we originally built before first lock. Help me be more efficient with uh, with late notice starters that give us 10 minutes before lock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's always going to be a problem until, you know, the NBA starts enforcing different rules here. Um, what you're talking about is like a is like a good feature request. So I could definitely re-mention that to the team here. Um, like a like a plus minus exposure column in late swap. And I'm pretty sure we've taken this one before, but happy to mention it again. Okay. Continuing on. Question from Deshaun. How would I use Sabersim to get a core of three to five players for NBA? What columns in the Sabersim app would you look at to determine a core group? And then some more questions here, but let's just start with these. Um, so if you want to determine a core, then what I think might be a good idea here is to just run a build and then see what your exposures look like after the build is done. And I would look at different groups of, I would look at the pool size in different buckets. So I can't say that I particularly recommend this idea just because I think going all in on three to five players is high, high variance and very high leverage here. Uh, but if you want to do that, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to play DFS. Uh, that's up to you. And what I would do is I would run a build and then I would come into my exposures. So you can look at this a couple different ways. You can say, Hey, who is coming up the most in the pool, right? We have three guys over 90%. We have one guy at 78 and then a big drop. Maybe you use these four guys as your core, right? Jamal Kane, THT, Colin Sexton, Kelly Olenek, you know, maybe they're your core. Another option is look at your top exposures, right? So the same four guys, but then some other guys start to pop, right? Sabonis, Simmons, uh, Keegan Murray. Another thing you could do is, is zoom out a little bit, right? Or maybe you want to look at a very small, small number. Look at the top five. Hey, who comes up here? Now Sabonis is in 100%, right? You can look at the top 10%. You can look at 50. That's another way to do it, right? Uh, you know, now Keegan Murray kind of coming up here, like as we look at like the top 10%. What about, you know, the top 50%, right? Maybe we just care about the exposures from the top 50. And then we could, you know, kind of take some similar things. So we're kind of seeing like the same characters here, like Kane, THT, Sexton, Olenek, Keegan Murray, and Sabonis are like, probably the top guys, but when you look at them in different, at, at different levels here, right? When we looked at the top 1%, the top five lineups, the bonus was in all of them. When we look at the top 50%, he's the lowest out of this group of six here, right? So there's different ways to do it. I, I think that some combination of pool exposure and then chopping your pool up into different bite-sized chunks to just do some analysis are probably some of the best ways. Um, you can look at value, right? Like who are the highest values on the slate? Probably going to see some similar names here, which we are. Uh, looks like there's a lot of value in Utah tonight. So I haven't seen the injury report. So not sure what's going on there. But these are some things that I would be bouncing around trying to figure out. All right. Next question. Also, I just got around to watching the contest flashback for NBA. 
And you guys kind of made a point about a lot of the top lineups only having two players uh, from the same team. When I run an NBA build from today's slate, I'm getting four Utah Jazz players in one lineup. Should I set a rule to only use two Utah Jazz per lineup? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. And the answer is that, you know, slates are going to change. What The, the question you should, let me say, how do I say this? You shouldn't be asking yourself, hey, should I only play two Utah because that's what was good from one slate? You should be asking like, hey, why does Sabersim want to play more than two Utah players? Why does Sabersim want to play for Utah players? And if you can come up with a good reason why, then I would leave it. If you cannot figure out a good reason why, then I would be more interested in actually staying away from that lineup construction. So what I'm talking about is, okay, you know, let's use this as an example. Hey, the Sabersim clearly likes Utah. Why does it like Utah? That is a very important question to ask. Now you go to Utah and you spend some time here and then you come into the injury, you come into their team and then you see, oh, Jordan Clarkson's out. Oh, Keontae George is out. Oh, Laurie Markanian is out. These are three, you know, high salary players that when they're on the court, they get a lot of usage. So in this scenario, it does make sense to me why Sabersim wants to play more players from this team, given the, the situation that they find themselves in, right? If Sabersim was trying to play, you know, three, four guys from this team, and I didn't come in here and see the value, like, hmm, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me, then I might be more concerned and more willing to do something about it. So, so when you see something, try and make sense of it first and then figure out what you want to do from there. But if you can't make sense of it, then I would typically lean on the side of taking some action uh, from that point on, whether it be a rule or max exposure or something like that. But in, in this case, you know, when it makes sense, I would leave it. All right. Samuel said, are using three being uniques too much for NBA? Um, I would say no. You know, I think it's totally fine. I think it's going to depend on slate size. Um, you know, some people like to max it out. Like Jordan recommends, you know, maxing it out and using one less than the max. Uh, that's okay. That's totally fine. You know, if three is a comfortable number for you where the exposures make sense, then, Hey, stay with three. You know, I don't have any problem with that. So, uh, more than three is fine. Less than three is fine. Uh, you know, it really just, it's a tool. Minionix is a tool to help you diversify your portfolio. And if diversification of your portfolio is not very high up on your list, then you don't have to use it. So don't feel like you have to. AK said, Matt, are you discussing bumping Odell a little during your breakdown? Oh, Maxime, uh, of the Millie maker and, and seeing how he suddenly jumped into a bunch of lineups. Does this apply for all sports? Say if a player is appearing a lot in NBA and we tick them down a couple projected points and suddenly drop off. Does this mean they may not be the strongest value? Great question. So, so yes, so I actually like this idea of what you're talking about, like strong value versus fragile value. And you can typically see this like when you're building lineups. So say I have like 20 lineups, right? Um, I don't know if the builder works this way anymore. Let's find out. But what, what you can do here, right, is like, okay, you know, the builder really likes, and let's just sort by value. The builder really likes, you know, Jamal Kane, but Jamal Kane is 3,400 projected for 20 points. Now he's in all 20 of our lineups. 
what happens when we drop him down to 18 points? Well, then the builder says, hey, you know, his value is lower, but I still like him. But what if we drop him down to 10 points? And I don't even know where he went. Let's just search him. Wow, that's interesting. So he's still oh, it's just because it's just because the pool had so many of him to start. He was in 90, almost 99% of our lineups. So, like, there's literally only seven lineups in our pool where we don't have him. So, like, that's kind of a bad example. You would have to use somebody who is in less of your pool to start with here. Uh, but but that's like an exercise you can do where you basically lower their projection to see, hey, does their exposure change drastically with a two to three point decrease in projection? And some people you're going to see fall off hard. And that is what I would call like weak value. Some people are going to stay and that's what I would consider like strong value. Like, hey, whether their projection is 20 or whether their projection is, you know, 19, then it's fine. You know, he's still a very strong play. We're going to see some people go from like 20 to like 18 points. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, you know, their exposure like dips like very, very fast. So those are things that, that I would be thinking about. Um, I think that's a definitely a good thing that you can do to, to check on some players, like spot check them. But yeah, I wish that would work out a little bit different, but he was just, he was in 493 out of 500 lineups. It just didn't work out that way. All right. Uh, Rashid said, I want a tourney with 4-3 stack in a few weeks back, just depends on the slate. Yeah, man, definitely. Exactly. Going back to our previous conversation, uh, you know, just, just, I can't stress it enough. Just see if you can make sense of what you're seeing. And then that will determine which way you want to go. Uh, he's showing out uh, up a lot because Richardson is out. Uh, I think Kane was on Utah, right? And we were just seeing that, you know, Utah. Oh, he's on, he's on Miami actually. My bad. Yeah. You know, this is, this, that's a great example, right? Like, Hey, you know, why are we seeing so much Kane? Right. Why is, why is this play popping so much? And then we go and look, and then, you know, we see that he's, you know, small guard or shooting guard slash small forward here. And then we can go and look at who's out. Right. And like, Oh, okay. You know, uh, heroes out Richardson's out, you know, it, do we expect him to play? Right. And then you can go back and look at like previous game logs. Like, Hey, you know, did he come in? Has he been playing? And then you can like go down a little bit of a rabbit hole and then kind of figure out, you know, do you think this guy's a good play? This is really like a lot of what, what I do in my NBA process. So like, if you guys wanted to like, see, see how I like go down a rabbit hole, this video is really good. Upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy. Basically like an hour of me, like going down rabbit holes and like trying to figure out where I think value is going to be on the slate here. Um, so, so that's like a good video kind of showing you like, why is this happening and how can we justify, you know, what we're seeing here and then kind of making adjustments from there? Because the truth is, you know, sometimes there's going to be opportunities for you to change. And that is, you know, key value that you can add to the projections. AK said, thanks, Andrew. Very helpful for playing around in the Sims more. Yeah, man. Happy to help out. Uh, Samuel said the 10% bump projection suggestion still applies from what you guys projected the player. Uh, yeah, I actually think that's like kind of better. Um, 
just because it 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 changes. You know, the only thing is like a six point adjustment for Nikola Jokic. He's just gonna put him in like so many lineups. So you got to be like a little fluid with it. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to like give these hard and fast rules. Uh, but but the best thing that I can tell you guys is that look at their exposures before you do it. Make the adjustment, rebuild your lineups, and then look at their exposures after the fact. And if Nikola Jokic goes from 0% in your top 20 and 6% in your pool to 100% exposure in both your top 20 and your pool, then I would probably lean on the side of like you made too big of an adjustment. So always use the baseline exposures and pool percentages. I'm sorry, always use the original exposure and pool percentages as your baseline and then make an adjustment and then see the effect that it has from there. So one thing I think a lot of people get tripped up on that like I really want to encourage you guys to get comfortable with, it is okay to rebuild your lineups again and again and again. I think a lot of people come in here and think like, hey, I got to get it right the first time. You know, if I run into an error message, I, it's it's just, it's broken. It's not working. Um, you know, it, it couldn't be my exposures. Like, like it is okay to, to mess with some stuff, rebuild your lineups. Okay, that's not exactly what I wanted. Mess with some stuff some more, rebuild your lineups again, and then rebuild, and then rebuild kind of until you find that happy medium. So if you make a projection adjustment, and Nikola Jokic goes from 6% to 60 uh, you know what? Maybe I went too high. Maybe, maybe 10 times is, is a little much. So then go, go back and refine it. Okay. You know, I'm at 50 now, maybe still a little too much. Refine it again, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. You get to a point where, you know, you figured out a projection adjustment that gets him in about like 30% and maybe like, you know, 25 to 50% of your top 20, like, okay, you know, I'm happy now. So be okay doing that iterative process. Samuel said, I guess in that case, rerunning the build might be a good thing to do with the players used in that magnitude. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Deshaun said, last question, are you just using the contest sims as is for NBA? Or are you using a custom metric or a filtering method mixed with the contest sims? Uh, good question. So for NBA, I, I don't do anything weird. Um, I, I'm really mostly spending my time like adjusting projections, trying to find value there, and then letting the contest sim do its thing with my adjusted inputs. And then I'm, I'm using risk-adjusted ROI, you know, running the live contest sim and trying to take advantage of players and updated ownership and all that good stuff. So as far as like sorting metrics, filters, not doing a ton there. NBA uh, is usually very tight on time, so I, I try not to spend too much time uh, doing anything weird there. Samuel said, are there any stacking uh preferences for nba like it is for uh, uh, nfl so typically I'll, I'll give you guys like an idea like a lot of people use a rule that says it's like a group rule say uh use no more than three players per team you know this isn't like a bad rule um it's it's fine in general here just because there's usually only so many fantasy points to go around on a given game and players are usually negatively correlated to each other. So, like, if we pull up Nikola Jokic here, you know, his highest positive correlation is 0.02, and his highest negative correlation is negative 0.08. So, typically what you'll see is negative correlations are usually higher than, than positive correlations. So, this isn't like a situation where, you know, 
Dak Prescott can throw four touchdowns to CD Lamb and like they both go off. Like the truth is, like when the ball is in Jokic's hand and he's shooting, that means that those are opportunities taken away from somebody else. So like that correlation uh, effect isn't as high in NBA. So people will typically use a rule like this. I think it's a fine starting point. Um, one thing I think you can do is that, you know, have this rule as a baseline, but be okay to like changing it based on things you see. So like maybe tonight I am okay playing four players from Utah, click the drop down, save it as a manual rule. It's going to create a rule for each team on the slate. And then I can come in here and then I can go to Utah and then I can change Utah to four. Maybe I'm okay with four from Utah. Um, I would, the, the title of the rule won't change automatically here, but if I change it manually and then I go in, I can see that, Hey, I I'm allowing at least four players from Utah. So you can handle it on a team by team basis. Rashid said, what should I do when I get this? There aren't enough lineups selected to uniquely fill all your entries. 66 lineups will need to be duplicated. Would you like to duplicate the lineups to fill all entries? Uh, good question. So what that means is that you have a more entries in your contest CSV than lineups you built. So what this would look like, say I have like 320 maxes. So that's 60 entries. Right now I only have 20 lineups. So that means that these 20 lineups would need to be duplicated three times total to fill out my 60 entries with 20 by times three being 60. Now, if I built 60 lineups to match the 60 entries that I have, then I would not need to duplicate any of the lineups in order to fill them all. So when you use the unique fill methods, like unique rank, unique random, and then you see that, you know, the number in my lineups is the same as the number of entries, then you will not get that error message. And if you need a refresher, on the fill methods, uh, one, we actually did it in yesterday's office hours. I, I went and got a CSV and we actually talked about it live on stream here. Uh, but we do also have this support video here, which I'll drop in the chat so you can check that out. Samuel said, yes, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. That's the joy of Saber Sam allows you to focus on lineup building and less of rules. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You get to, you know, run lineups over and over again rather than create a bunch of rules and groups. So I definitely agree with that. Question, how would I go about creating a cash lineup? I made the mistake of thinking it was a multiplier filter. A uh, great question. So what I would do here is the biggest thing that you need to do is change your build setting from, you go into your build settings, change build mode from SIM to optimizer. Optimizer is the cash version here. And what this is going to do, it's going to try and pack in as many projected points into your lineup as possible. I honestly think there's also probably... Uh, a reason to increase your min salary from 48,000 to like 49,000 and try and use more salary as well. Uh, Samuel said, are there stack types for NBA? Uh, yeah, you know, there, there are, you can go to your stack exposures. You can see the different stack types. So these are, you know, uh, what you'll normally see. And then, you know, most people are playing something under three, unless there are some outstanding circumstances uh, leading them to play more. But we are all caught up in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, nice long show today and a lot of questions. I always enjoy answering your guys' questions here. Um, one more, has there been any studies on mini uniques based on slates? Uh, no, there there hasn't. I think this. I think you might have asked this yesterday, like kind of at the end of the show. I did try and I should try to answer it after in the chat. So sorry if, if you missed that here. 
But but the truth is about mini niques, you know, what you are doing is you are trading expected value for diversification. Like when you look at the top 20 lineups, those are going to be like the highest ROI for using contest sims, for instance. And then every lineup below that is going to be lower. So what you're doing is you're you're making a trade-off saying that, hey, I want my lineups to be more spread out. I want to have a little bit less risky of a portfolio, and I'm willing to trade some expected ROI for that. We think that is a good trade-off to make because DFS is very high variance here. Um, so as far as like optimal and uniques, you know, it's it's going to change and there's not really a wrong or right number. Um, it's really just a tool to manage your exposures. So we don't have any back testing for that. Samuel said, is it better to build 20 for all 60 reserved or have the same 20 lineups on all 20? Uh, I would build 60 lineups. I would enter a unique lineup into each entry that you have. So if I had 60 reserved entries, I would build 60 lineups and not just 20. The sheet said, thanks. Samuel B said, thanks. Yep. Happy to answer guys questions, but all right, everybody. I will see you guys tomorrow for our Friday show. Last show of the week. We do the show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you guys have questions ahead of the weekend, tomorrow is the day to get those in. So until then, good luck. Take care. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.